Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat me a lot of peaches. Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Peaches come from a can, they were put there by a man at a factory downtown. If I had my little way, I'd eat peaches every day, sun-soaking bulges in the shade. Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat me a lot of peaches. Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Moving to South Richfield, gonna eat a lot of peaches. Yow! Alright, well, I mean, you might just want to leave this in. You know, sometimes random talking's a good intro. I've done that before. Yeah, it, it's, I think it works sometimes. <laughs> just jibber-jabber conversation's a good intro. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so, anyways, we're talking about state fairs. State fairs. <laughs> yeah. On the... On, on the South Richfield Podcast. With... Tristan and Sky. And Matt Coma. And Matt Coma. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the South Richfield Podcast. I'm here with Matt Coma. This is Scott Luther. We're in the podcast studios in North Richfield. That's right. How, how ironic for a South Richfield podcast. Well, I think a lot of people forget how we came up with the name. Well, I came up with the name like years ago because it was my dream to have a summer home in the south of Richfield. And uh, I, I eventually did end up in South Richfield and then I moved up here to the northern territory. So this is just an extension of you fulfilling your dreams. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. I am a little disappointed in myself, Matt. I have to tell you something. I thought that I had established the South Richfield brand in 2004. And I even had t-shirts that say 2004 on it. Mm -hmm. I looked and I bought the website in 2003. <laughs> so I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> well, you're not a historian, Scott. You're you're an entertainer. And an archivist. Is it EST stand for established or estimated? I, it'll either, work in either case. Either, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. Well, Matt, you know, uh, our theme song, Peaches. Did you know there used to be a lot of orchards here in Richfield? Well, when we grew up, we had Babs Orchard. That was the place where all the cool kids went to right. hang out later in the evening, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Well, I do remember your story about parking in the oh, orchard. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I know we used to have orchards here on the farm. Uh, I think apples. I know there's some pear trees still by my parents. They actually do produce some pears still. Um, probably some peaches is, is a guess I have. But Neil's Fruit Farm, which is where Giant Eagle is on Broadview Road now, that whole area was uh, orchard, and Neils built that building t 
to sell their fruit. And they have a big sign. They used to have a big sign on the building that said Peaches. And that Peaches sign is at the Historical Society now. No kidding. Yeah. So Country Counter, for those of us who have uh, moved away in, in the meantime, right? which is now Giant Eagle, that was the location where this Neal's had their fruit stand? Yes. Uh-uh. And it was, I mean, it was a big building. That I is mean, a that's... big building. Just for Peaches, that's a big building. <laughs> that's a <laughs> It's a bushel load of peaches. There's a, there's a uh, new book that came out from, jeez, uh, I wish I knew the author. Oh, it's uh, Lynn Richardson. But it's one of those, you know, history books with the pictures, and it's usually your town. All right. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Um, there's one about Camp Hilaka, which is the Girl Scout camp. Wow. And it's called like Camp Hilock and the and the Richfield Heritage Preserve, which is what it's called now. And you know Jim Kirby, the inventor of the vacuum cleaner, he owned most of that land back there where the Girl Scout camp is. I didn't know that. Yep. And you know he's and then the Neals built a house that's on that property now, and that fruit farm. So uh, anyway, there's a whole. If you buy this book, it just came out. I think it's on Amazon. Um, and you can go to, I think, the Historical Society Facebook page. You might have a link to it. But, you know, there's all kinds of cool pictures. And there's pictures of that building being built. So you can see the country counter, before it was a country counter, being framed and, and everything. And it talks about the Neal's. And I, they had some business in downtown Cleveland, and they would promote their fruit farm uh, in Richfield. And you, you know, the city slickers would come out here on their day trips, dressed up in their Sunday best, of course, and buy Drag- peaches, apples, whatever else, whatever they could fit in their Studebakers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was a simpler time, right? <laughs> so, but you know. I wonder if the Neals or anyone else ever took their produce to the county fair. Well, what better place to showcase your your uh, produce or your even your livestock? Your you know? livestock, yeah. Right. Or your crafts or your... Uh, Arts. Yeah, what have you. You know, Rather than a county fair. Right. And, or state fair even. if you're, I guess if you're good enough, you could go to the, the state fair and... Well, growing up, you guys must have had some, uh, you must have been plugged into the whole uh, big fair apparatus. Right. We. <laughs> it's all political, by the way. <laughs> we we definitely uh, went to our fair share of fairs. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> we would go to the county fair, Summit County Fair. That's your entry point, right? That's the entry point. Yeah. I, didn't, I did not exhibit anything. Because you were enough of a specimen of your I own I was self? more of an intaker. I would oh. take it in. Okay. My uncle, though, he would take livestock down there. All right. And, you know, he. I remember going in his, his bedroom over at Grandma's house, and he had tons of, like, blue ribbons. And, you know, that means that was first place. So there's a whole uh, secret society. Right. Uh, or... <laughs> Of what all these colors mean, right? Right. It's like blue is first, red is second, white is third. Mm-hmm. Um, like the grand champion is actually purple. 
It's not even blue. Okay. So when you hear in politics that they're creating a blue ribbon panel about something, that means it's it's good. It's maybe even great, but it's not the best. Yeah, maybe you need the purple the ribbon. Purple ribbon panel. Okay. And in Canada, Matt, the blue ribbon is second place, and the red ribbon is first place. They do everything backwards up there. It's like Australia. Right. That's why USA is number one. And in the UK, the same thing. Red is first. Huh. It's it's those loyalists, those Tories. They got it all messed up. We had to differentiate ourselves. But what's the, the history of the fair, Scott? Let me tell you about the history of fairs. I have been waiting so long for you know, this. My uncle, I was telling you, had yes. all those ribbons. Okay. He'd take his prize hens and cows and everything. And I remember these chickens would lay like blue eggs and stuff. Those fancy ones. All right. Show Don't chickens. you have some fancy show chickens? We had uh, some buff Orpingtons. Okay. That's right. Big, fluffy birds. Yeah. Did they lay... Brown eggs. Brown eggs. Mm. Okay. Well, I remember seeing blue eggs and stuff uh, growing up. And he had these sh- these show chickens. Mm-hmm. But... They put all- on a top hat. <laughs> Hello, my lady. Hello, honey. <laughs> but, but fairs really started... Back in 1811 in New England, in, in Massachusetts, actually, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, uh, 1811, a man named Elkanah, Elkanah Watson, I don't know if you how you pronounce it, but uh, Watson, he was a New England patriot and farmer, and he earned the title of the father of U.S. agricultural fairs by organizing the Berkshire Agricultural Society and creating an event then known as the the cattle show. So he just pretty much heard all his animals in the center of town. And said, look at them. <laughs> I got me some fine... Well, actually, back in 1811, they probably didn't talk like that. Come hither <laughs> and observe my fine beasts. <laughs> Pray tell. My, Touches the udder. My jerseys. My Guernseys. <laughs> but he would have um, this exhibit of livestock, and it was a prize competition. And, you know, you'd you'd make money. How much money? I don't know. As much as uh, $70. $70. Even today, that's a pretty for good... The, yeah, for the best exhibit of oxen, cattle, swine, and sheep. That's like a million dollars today, right? Exactly. <laughs> Just, just short, like nine seventy. Right. Oh, all right. Nine hundred seventy thousand. Uh, so he worked diligently for many years, helping different communities organize their own agriculture societies and fairs. And by, you know, the end of the de- end of the decade, most counties in New England had their own agricultural societies, and this movement started spreading into other states, like a wildfire. Right, and pretty much by the end of the 1800s, every county had a fair. Uh-huh. It is kind of crazy. Even Richfield, in the 1850s and 60s, had this thing known as the Richfield Fair. And it was pretty much all the communities around Richfield would bring their livestock and pies. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and bring toss games right. into... Um, there was like a an area between the east and west center of town that was the fairground or parade ground, 
and that's where they would hold this this fair and okay. it was it was as popular as like the whole county fair in Summit County wow back then it was that big of a deal it was a huge deal games of chance Hinkley Broadview Heights North Royalton Brexville uh-huh. actually Broadview Heights was didn't exist yet but, oh all right um <laughs> you know bath everyone would come to town mm-hmm. with their cows and sheep sheep were big around Richfield because of the hills oh you know um because sheep could climb these hills and eat the grass better than a cow could. rich feed oh for your livestock rich field all right got it right so was there a wool industry in rich field? oh i'm sure all right i'm sure it was it was booming all right <laughs> so you'd have your dorsets your suffolks yes yes all whatever right. else uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually these you know this fair movement in new england spread to other states right and the first statewide fair was in New York in 1841. And uh, it's held up in Syracuse. It's still a pretty big deal. Most state fairs are nowadays. Right. Have you ever been to a state fair? Well, as a matter of fact, Scott, um, we just went on a vacation up to uh, the northern Wisconsin area. And we happened to go to the northern wisconsin state fair and it was a blast now we didn't go there to go specifically to the state fair we went up there to go see uh some 70s rockers (laughs) rock out and by 70s they were also 70 years old (laughs) it was a blue oyster cult who was opening for grand funk railroad wow yes so we saw them up and they just happened to be playing at the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. So you said this is the closest place I can go see Blue Oyster Cult. And you... no, it was it was actually the opposite. It was the furthest away. <laughs> but this happened to be a good weekend. It, exactly. Or... Yeah. Okay. Good, yeah. We said, what can we do on a day to take a nine-hour drive? What can we get to? Ah, there we go. A Claire, Wisconsin. A Claire, by the way, means clear water. We figured that. Oh, out. Oh, Claire. It's French. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wee oui, wee. Oui. So you you watched you went to the concert. Yes. Did you do anything else? Did you eat fair food? Well, yeah, they were they had all the fair food there. The big thing in Wisconsin is cheese curds. Right. And um now in Wisconsin they take their cheese curds seriously. Uh so you don't just have any anybody can just roll up a stand and have cheese curds. You know, you want the authentic cheese curd stand. So at the state fair, you had all these places uh, that were offering up all the different fair foods that we'd see, and everybody offered cheese curds. But the stand that had the longest line was the one that advertised themselves as the original Original. 1970s cheese curds. (laughs) So I don't know how authentic... Now, cheese curd is, in the cheese-making process, you have curds and whey as a byproduct. I'm not exactly sure what either is. But the cheese curds themselves um, are, I don't know, maybe about quarter size. And they, uh, like a little bundle of cheese that if you squish it, it actually makes a squeaky sound. Squeaky cheese. Squeaky cheese. All right. And then you roll it in dough like you do anything and deep fry it. And then you eat it, dip it in whatever you want. And so I don't know how 
different. The technology has advanced from 1970 to now. <laughs> Usually things get better, you right, know? Right, right. So, but people wanting the authentic cheese curd from 1970, that that was the big hit. It was aged. Oh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then was there... Were there all the booths with the games oh, of yeah. chance? Games yeah. of chance and uh, uh, all sorts of um, gypsies <laughs> running around <laughs> trying to take take me for my money. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all games of chance and we went through the barns actually. Right, I was going to ask you. Yeah, and uh, we saw... Uh, they had a whole barn dedicated to rabbits, right. one dedicated to chickens, one dedicated to cows, one dedicated to steers. I was looking forward to seeing that, <laughs> but, you know, they were in the middle of the show, so we couldn't. They had sheep, um, they had goats and pigs, and they actually had, talking about games of chance, they had goat racing and pig racing. Okay. You could actually wager on these. Like, uh, I'm going to put $10 on number eight. <laughs> That little bit didn't come in for me, but uh, the, now the goats and the pigs weren't racing each other. It wasn't interspecies racing. Okay, okay, that wouldn't be fair. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair. Goats it, are much faster. Are they? Okay. Yes. All right. Um, but uh, what else did they have there? They also had all the crafts that the kids were doing in the right. area. Um, and again, this is the Northern Wisconsin State Fair, and apparently there's three Wisconsin State Fairs, so I don't know where this one ranks in the three. But uh, you know, some of the crafts that the, that the kids were putting together were very impressive, very amazing. But there, and you know, you'd see the, the different ribbons like you talked about. But there were some that kind of left my head scratching. One entry received a blue ribbon for putting together Legos of the minions. Okay. And this kid got a blue ribbon for putting together Legos. Like a regular Lego set. Like a regular Lego set. So it makes me wonder what second place well, put he was, together. You, you failed to mention he was only seven months old, this oh. child. Well, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Who knows? That's some motor skills. Uh, yeah, I don't His know. His dad did not help him, trust me. I'm sure. <laughs> Just like my Pinewood Derby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dad, can I paint it? Get out of here! I'm not done! Okay. You. you can help nail a wheel yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> or, or put the weight in the little, uh, in the middle. Oh, I wasn't allowed to do anything with that. But as far as state fairs go, you guys, again, you have you have history. Did you go to the... We, we would... So, <laughs> growing up, our summer vacation was pretty much a weekend because my dad had to, you know, be here on the farm. Right. So, every year... We would drive down to Kings Island one day, and we'd go to Kings Island, and then on the way back home, we would stay overnight in Columbus and go to the State Fair for the day. And, you know, they had, you know, all the food. The rides. The rides, even though, you know, those were usually extra. (laughs) (laughs) I I know we went, you know, the classic Tilt-A-Whirl, the Ferris wheel, which I hate Ferris wheels, I don't know. How you feel about them, but... Anymore, that's all I can ride. It's boring. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was... The, the one that you're standing... The rotor? And the, the, yeah, and, and it goes up and you're like... Centrifugal force. Or witch's wheel. Witch's wheel, yep. 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 Um, And then there's, you know, throw the ring on the... 
uh, bottle and win this big stuffed animal. Right. There's all the rocker T-shirts. You can get your like any T-shirt made. I don't know if you ever no. see those. I think that's gone by the way. Silk screening. Silk screening. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's. I always thought that was cool. Um, or you could, you know, buy a poster or win a poster, throw darts at balloons. Right. Um, and then like all the animals you mentioned were at the fair. There were usually like horse shows. Oh yeah, I forgot about the horses. Yeah. But the big draw that we always went to, two things my dad loved, the demolition derby. <laughs> <laughs> and the tractor pull. So, you know, Demolition Derby was pretty much just a bunch of idiots in cars <laughs> running into each other. These cars, you know, they'd fall apart. They'd break down in the middle of the arena or wherever this was being held. It's great. I mean, I would love to be a Demolition car driver. I don't know how safe it was. They all had helmets on, it looked like. And... None of the cars usually have any glass in them. All right. So no windshields, no you know windows. I think it's safer. It's like bumper cars for adults. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And concussions for life. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you'd spray paint a number on the side of your car usually fifty nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the tractor pull was just tractors going down a strip. Pull, seeing who can pull the most weight okay. behind it on this big sled or whatever. I don't... We used to go to those and, you know, you'd be holding your ears the whole time because it's so dang loud. That was always a good time. When I got older, though, in my late teens, uh -huh. I was part of the Summit County Farm Bureau um, youth program. Uh, you got in the political arm of the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. All right. <laughs> And I'd go to these camps every summer. Mm -hmm. And I call them square dance camps because that's pretty much what we did. Mm -hmm. Line dancing and square dancing. But it was really called a citizenship camp. You'd learn about insurance. Because <laughs> Nationwide would sponsor the whole thing. Right, because Nationwide was started by the Ohio Farm Bureau. All right. So um, you'd learn about insurance and Dosey doing point points on your license, <laughs> bowing to your neighbor, <laughs> and bowing, bowing to, the to your neighbor, bowing to your corner. So it was a mixer for the youths. It was, and it was great fun. You'd have daily singing and mm -hmm. you know all kinds of camp stuff, and um, but it was always dancing and learning these square dance moves. So I got a question for you: Is it better to have whole life, universal? <laughs> Or term life insurance. Does well, it he... depends on your age, Matt. Okay. <laughs> it's all a scam, really. It was, it was pretty much driver's uh, insurance. Oh, dri okay. Car insurance. Right, right. And luckily, they were able to... Um, well, <laughs> it's a little off topic, but they were able to pull our, our uh, records or whatever. Oh, really? And it was right after I had my license suspended one year. <laughs> I went... And I got to show everybody <laughs> what, what an awful driver I was. You were the bad boy of insurance camp. And I, all the girls flocked to me after that. Right. They like a bad boy. <laughs> but uh, Ooh, He's got five points on his record. But so I went three years of this thing uh -huh. my, after my sophomore, junior, and senior year. So you're running the show by the end of it. Right. You, you know, you get to know all these kids. The first year I went to a regional one, which was just Northeast Ohio. Uh -huh. The second year I went to state. Okay. 
And then I went back to state again the third year. It's not competitive, right? No. Okay. Except for the talent show on the last night. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to know these kids mm-hmm. in these other Farm Bureau counties, and they'd you know, you'd write letters to each other because nobody could afford to make a phone call back then long distance. Right. Hey, we're going to be, you know, you get a letter. Hey, we're going to be at the state fair on August 3rd for the square dancing competition. You want to come down? Yes, please. Of course. I'm there. Count me in. Yes. So we drove down to the state fair. Mm-hmm. And you go in. Did and you have to wear a special outfit? We did not. Okay. We did it not wear probably would help. There, there were some. Yep. I saw some competitors in special outfits, but we're just a bunch of goofy farm kids mm-hmm. who drove down for fun and square danced right. at the state fair. And it was a blast. Awesome. So did you guys win any of these no, square dance no, competitions? No. Oh. It was just more for fun. All right. It was more so of an exhibition. We, we might have went more to the exhibition one mm-hmm. than the real competitive because I think we saw that the competitive one, they were all <laughs> <laughs> dressed up in these outfits and stuff. All, all coordinated and right. probably putting some Probably a lot practice. better than, yeah. than we ever were. Okay. But we knew a few, you know. We knew a few moves sure. back in the day. Right. But yeah, the, the state fair, the Ohio State Fair, you know, that's the one I grew up going to. It was started in what year, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I think the eighteen forties. It was uh, eighteen fifty one. I'm wrong. Like. Wait, okay. no, no, no. You're right. Well, I think in the eighteen forties, farmers began to join agricultural organizations in the state of Ohio. Began to take an interest in the challenges that these farmers faced. Uh, As a result, the state government created the Board of Agriculture in 1846. Right. And the Board of Agriculture planned to hold the first statewide fair in 1849. 49. But a cholera epidemic, (laughs) which I shouldn't laugh at, but a cholera epidemic swept uh, swept through and forced the fair's cancellation. Whoa. You know, cholera is spread by unsanitary conditions. Right. And even today at a fair... It's pretty unsanitary conditions. You know, you have all these animals there, and animals don't know that they're at a fair. They just know, right? That, uh, you know, eat, poop, sleep, sleep, eat, poop, sleep, repeat. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's still not the most sanitary. But you throw into that, there's a bunch of people at these fairs too, and you know they didn't have porta potties back. Yeah, then. they're eating elephant ears. Right. <laughs> yeah. What other kind of fair food do you like to have? Well, I love uh, I love all the fried food, obviously. Isn't it all fried? <laughs> I mean, you, even the Coke is fried. There's a veggie tray I saw oh. sitting on a bench. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was more decoration. <laughs> it was one of the crafts as part of the competition for the fair. Well, uh, I love French fries. It was always my favorite growing up at the fair. You get the fresh cut fries in the big cup. Mm-hmm. Grab the bottle of vinegar, douse it yes. with vinegar and salt. Yes. And you just walk around in heaven mm-hmm. with the fries in my mouth watering thinking about it right now. <laughs> Folks, I can attest to it right now. The corners of Scott's I almost want to go to Five Guys because you can do that there. That's the, that's the closest thing. Yes, okay. I think so. Or maybe I should just go to a fair. Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's fair season. It's fair season right now. Yeah. All 88 counties here in Ohio have fairs. Um... The biggest ones, the biggest one in Ohio, the biggest county fair, is one my dad would always take us to out in Mahoning County, 
which is the Canfield Fair. All right. And it's been around since 1840-something, which I can't, I can't remember exactly what date. Um, but that's the biggest fair in Ohio and the third largest county fair in America. The Mahoning Fair. Wow. The Canfield Fair. The oldest county fair in uh, the country, or in Ohio, I'm sorry, is the Geauga County Fair. They call it the Great Geauga County Fair. And it's, I think it started in 1823. It's almost 200 years. Wow. So. That's a big deal. So you think about this, back when these started, you know, let's just say 1850, um, the city of Cleveland wasn't as big as it is now. The city of Columbus wasn't as, as it was big. Now, you actually had areas of Cuyahoga County that were probably... Rural. Mostly rural, yeah. Right. And Franklin County, mostly rural. So nowadays, is there a Cuyahoga County Fair? There is. There's still a Cuyahoga County Fair in Berea. Uh-huh. But I, there's not a ton of farms. In fact, I know a lot of the farm bureaus, they've combined counties in one office because you used to have like an office in every county and now it's like you know the office for summit cuyahoga i think stark and medina and maybe even portage they're all in the same office so uh but they don't combine fares you can't do that no you can't you cannot cross county lines with the fair fascinating but the state fair used to be <laughs> the first state fair was in cincinnati matt what it used to rotate Oh, you know, okay. They had it in Cincinnati. They had it in Columbus, Cleveland, Dayton, Sandusky, Zanesville, Toledo. Even a couple of years in the eighteen sixties, Springfield and Mansfield. So they, you know, the fair board said, you know, we gotta stop messing around. People get confused. They show up in Mansfield with their cows, and they realize I should have been in Dayton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, let's just make a permanent fairground, which they which they did. They moved it to Columbus. By the 1870s, the state's railroad system had improved, and it made it easier to travel from all parts of the state. So you can get the crowds that you wanted down in Columbus right. for the fair. And the, the current fairgrounds, which are you familiar with uh, where they are in yes, Columbus by the Crew Stadium and everything? Right. Um, the old crew stadium. They have a new crew stadium now. All right. On the banks of the Scioto. <laughs> but, uh, and it's downtown. It just opened. Um, but the Ohio Expo Center was completed in 1886. And that's where the fair has been every year since then. Except I think, did they have not have a fair maybe in World War Two? Did they have one last year? They didn't have one last year. That's true. All right. They, they missed a couple... In World War II and also last year. So that was the Ohio State Fair. The Michigan State Fair was actually the second state fair in the country after New York. So 1849. Which state fair do you think is the largest state fair in the country? Hmm. I would say Texas would be my guess. You're close. Oklahoma? No. Well, you're not close location-wise. Oh, okay. Texas is number two. All right. Then California. No. What? It's up north, close to where you were. Minnesota? Minnesota has the largest state fair in the country. Huh. All right. Um, over two million people a year attend the Minnesota State Fair. 
It's huge. It's like 37% of the state goes to this fair. Is, you know, if you take percentage couldn't, of... Couldn't get 38. Attendance. Hmm. I mean, Ohio's pretty big. But nothing compared to how yeah, big Minnesota Ohio's is. Ohio's about a million, 900,000, a million people. Texas usually has over 2 million. They had like 2.2 a few years back. All right. But it's dropped just a little bit. There's a fair called the Big E, which is pretty much all the New England states. All right. They have their own fair. But Minnesota is it. Minnesota is the one. Well, go Golden Gophers. Falcon Heights, Minnesota, wherever that is. Sounds like a suburb. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. New York's large. Oklahoma is a large fair, over a million. Iowa is the quintessential state fair, according to... Anybody you talk to who knows state fairs. For all your fair connoisseurs. Right. They've got, you know, everyone talks about Iowa's butter cow. It's a sculpture made out of butter in the form of a cow. And they they had like official sculptures. They've only had like four official sculptures in the past hundred years. Okay. So some places have a poet laureate. Right. Iowa has... Butter sculptor. Right. But... Master. All these Midwest states have these butter cow uh, sculptures. Wisconsin has a butter cow. Makes sense. Iowa has one. But the first state to have a butter cow? Right here. Ohio. 1903. Way to go, Buckeyes. Yep. 2,000 pounds of butter. (laughs) (laughs) Working in a refrigerated, um, like... uh, Exhibit case, sculpting that butter. 1903, that had to be a uh, ice blocks. Well, it said refrigerated case Uh when I checked it out. All right. So it's very interesting. It was actually a cow and a uh, boy Mm -hmm. with the cow, I Mm -hmm. think. But it's not just a solid block of butter. They usually frame it, you know, with wire and... Wood and they spread the butter. Ah, okay. So you're, not you're making there the general. Okay. You're making the general shape of a cow. It's more like paper mache. Fine butter. Yeah. Okay. Butter Because I always thought, yeah, butter sculpture. You're just taking this massive block of butter, and then making a sculpture. I like that better. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not quite the way it works. All right. If it was a smaller sculpture, mm-hmm. like a bust. Uh huh. Butter bust. Butter bust. <laughs> but so. That's a big event in Iowa. They always talk about the butter cow there. I always like how they have these competitions for the largest this or the biggest that. Right. Or the fattest that. <laughs> I got third place, by the way. I was robbed. But. Alaska has the the heaviest uh, cabbage competition every year. No kidding. I saw a cabbage in Alaska, Matt. Oh, yeah. 138-pound cabbage. Now that's a cabbage. That's a lot of stuff. Cabbage. That's a whole lot make. of cabbage. How many leaves would be on that cabbage? More than I could count. Oh. Well, I gotta imagine those leaves are gigantic. Can you imagine those stuffed cabbage rolls? Yeah. It'd be mostly leaf. A lot of fiber though. Well, that's not if good. you roll it right and get oh. all that stuff. You can make a stuffed cabbage mat as big as your uh, thigh. Well, certainly with one <laughs> from Alaska. <laughs> so yeah, the stuffed cabbage 
uh, competition. I'm sure they have um, like unusual um, veggies, like maybe one with a face on it, where you see Jesus or something. <laughs> right, a zucchini, <laughs> a zucchini Jesus, <laughs> or eggplant with a nose coming out of oh, it. Uh huh. You know, there's stuff like that. I've seen competitions. Colorado State Fair has a pet rock competition, like best dressed. <laughs> best rolling roller so which rock rolls the furthest oh, all right so there's competitions it's actually called the pet rock olympics at the colorado state fair that explains a lot of their recent legislation <laughs> north dakota um you don't really think of this but they have something that's really popular called the redneck relays hmm. that involves like uh Running around with Crisco'd watermelons. Oh, really? <laughs> and mason jars. <laughs> well, sure. You can't have one without the other. Uh, Iowa, again, uh, they have uh, a grocery bagging competition, which is pretty neat. You, all the baggers have the same, like, 35 items mm -hmm. sitting in front of them, and you get judged on style. I'm thinking and... of a, a montage of training. <laughs> For the grocery bagging competition. Everything, uh, you know, nowadays the competition uses, you know, reusable bags. Uh -huh. I'm sure back when they started this, it was brown brown bags. Yeah, lots of, lots of cuts, yeah. a lot of paper cuts. Wasn't Kurt Warner a grocery bagger before he became an MVP quarterback? That's true, he was. I wonder. I think it was in, in Iowa. He was. Right? I wonder if he was ever in this competition. I could see him winning it. Well, certainly has the competitive spirit. Exactly. <laughs> The funniest one I came across, competition-wise, there's something called the skillet throw in Freiburg, um, Maine, which is in Oxford County. It's a Freiburg fair. But for women, they have the skillet throw. Mm -hmm. For men, they have the anvil throw. So you have these people throwing cast iron skillets specially made for the fair. Wow. And it's based on, you know, they have a line, mm -hmm. and it's based on distance and accuracy. So, you know, if you throw it 100 feet, but you're 5 feet off center, they subtract the 5 feet from the 100, and, you know, your score is 95 or whatever. So it's just not a power competition. It's right. It's power and precision. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So these women are out there... Winging it. Exactly. Imagining their husband at the far end, no doubt. <laughs> but, uh... And then the guys with the anvil, mm -hmm. each contestant only gets one throw, okay. so you can't mess up. Probably in your backyard training for weeks, I'm sure, months well, ahead of this competition. I, I think year-round anymore, Scott. It's all about nutrition. It's all about staying healthy, doing lots of deep <laughs> knee bends. And then, not to be outdone by these skillet throwers, the Iowa State Fair has a women's, or ladies, uh, rubber chicken throwing contest. I don't know about the accuracy part, but I did see some video of these women throwing a rubber chicken. Mm -hmm. So, so there there could be like a deflated rubber chicken, and it would cause a big controversy, right? Like, <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> and what else did we have? That that's really those are the ones that caught my eye. There's all kinds of you know you like you said the pig races. Mm -hmm. I saw a dog race. They call it the banana race. I think it might be in Georgia or South Carolina. Where you have those capuchin monkeys all dressed up, riding on the backs of dogs, 
and they're the little jockeys, and uh, <laughs> it's called the Banana Race. Wow. And there's also music at all these fairs, it's too. All kinds of concerts. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, when we went up to Wisconsin, the main reason to go up there, we didn't get into this already, did we? Was to go see uh, Blue Oyster Cult and... Right. And... Uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah. And the crowd that was there, it, it was across the board. But most of the crowd was... You know, fans that were there from the beginning. Okay. And just so happened for where we were sitting, uh, in front of us, was a a group of six adults, grandparents, obviously, by the looks of them, that were, you know, with these bands from the beginning. And boy, were they having a blast. <laughs> I mean, they had buckets upon buckets of beer is how they started out. Okay. And because this is a rock concert from the 70s, they broke out some other stuff. <laughs> And up there, I guess that's legal, I suppose. And so between the six of them passing it around and getting even crazier. And then as the night went on, they broke out the pills. And, you know, this is right in front of all of us. And I'm there with my wife and my son. And Jack asks, what is that? And looking at this crowd, I said, well, judging by their age, it could be, and what they're doing, it could be ecstasy, Viagra, or Lipitor. (laughs) Or maybe it was, you know, just a, a handbag or a grab bag grab of whatever's bag of, there. Of pharmaceuticals. One of them right. some pharmacists. They all brought their pills together, put them in a big <laughs> bowl. Kind of like the, like the, key. the key parties. Yeah. <laughs> Reliving the good old days. Right. At the Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin. Northern Wisconsin. State yes. fair. You know, there's always big musical acts, at, especially at the bigger fairs like Texas. I'm sure you get these big country stars sure. coming in. I know... I can't remember who I saw it at the Ohio State Fair, but I think I remember, you know, acts even like New Kids on the Block would be there and stuff like that. Well, at Minnesota, if you're having two million people show up, or at, at Ohio, a million people show up at a fair, you're probably able to sell tens of thousands of tickets right. to a show, and right. that's a pretty good haul for a night. Right. And then you've got, you know, besides concerts, um, you've got that the whole midway. Where there's just food vendor upon food vendor mm-hmm. upon food vendor. And, you know, you've got the classic fair food. You've got your funnel cakes, which is probably the greatest fair food of all time. I think it's a fair statement. Yeah. And you've got elephant ears, which is, you know, they're usually sold in the same booth. All right. But well, they're different. For our listener, uh, why don't we tell, you, tell them what the difference between a funnel cake and an elephant ear is. Right. So... A uh, funnel cake's usually kind of a mass, yeah, of you know different shapes. It's kind of drizzled. It looks like someone just put a bunch of batter in the the deep fryer, right? Like an abstract, exact rendering. Thank you. Yeah, the elephant ear is more of like a flatbread. It's controlled. It's you know they roll it out and then mm-hmm. they put it in, mm-hmm. and it usually kind of like a flat donut is yes. kind of how I did a big describe flat it. And you yeah put. Uh, sugar, you put powdered sugar. Right. You, you can tell the people that have just had it because their front is covered. Either they had bad dandruff or a <laughs> little more fun. But ev- like we talked about earlier, everything is fried. Right. And one of the the craziest things that you know you see, you see there is f- uh, all the different fried food, like fried Oreos. Yep. Fried vegetables, and judging by the crowd, that's probably the only <laughs> vegetables they're eating. <laughs> but fried butter. Fried butter. This how, is newer. How, how does one eat fried butter? So, Matt, you take a stick of butter, uh-huh. 
You stick a stick in it. Okay. <laughs> you roll it in the batter mm-hmm. or dip it in the batter. So a full stick of butter? Full stick of butter. All right. And you you think, you know, you're just going to be biting in the stick of butter. But what happens is when they put the stick of butter in the fryer, it kind of all melts into the batter and kind of makes more of a... I, I don't know how to describe it. You're not going to bite in and just have this butter squirt out. Mm-hmm. It kind of, the dough... Has absorbed all the butter. Yes, yes. Ah. It's kind of what I've I've heard. Now, I've not tried this. Uh-huh. I'd like to. I think it's worthwhile. <laughs> a stick of butter. <laughs> Maybe I should try it at home. Well, I keep a couple sticks of butter in my glove compartment. <laughs> you know, just to munch on when I'm driving in. But, you know, one of the biggest fairs of them all, Community Day. Oh, God. I'm glad you brought that up. Because that's coming up. You're welcome. It's uh, August 8th is Community Day this year. All right. The parade's August 7th. It's usually on Friday night. There was a little bit of a mix-up this year. But the Richfield Community Day Parade is back on. It was canceled at first. They moved it to Saturday. Mm-hmm. And A lot uh, of politicking had to happen on that it, one, I'm sure. It was, a, it was a little bit of a fiasco, but some citizens pulled together and, mm-hmm. and were able to get it back on track but community day is going on um they don't have the bouncy houses so don't expect your kids dump your kids off with a wristband for five hours while you're over at the beer garden (laughs) (laughs) not gonna happen because there's no bouncy castles because of the pandemic so but there's gonna be the bands and booths and i'll be up there working at the historical society booth matt if you're a interested in stopping by i think i'm giving blood that day (laughs) so have you seen the community day event um from the time that you were a youth grow or is it gone through cycles of growth and contraction and growth again it's just i think it's just different from when we were kids you know you'd go up and um you'd get there around 12 one o'clock Grab something to eat. This was when it was behind Town Hall. Now it's at Richfield Woods. Uh, they always had, you know, the pop and you know hot dogs or whatever. Now they, you know, they have sweet corn, mm-hmm. which is always my favorite to get there. And they have more um, actual like trucks or you know the trailers with the onion rings and French fries and. Who knows what else? Gyros. Yeah. I always get a gyro at community day, it seems like. Or gyro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one thing that has stopped that was a huge draw was the frog jump. PETA so, got involved? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Pedigo retired. Oh, I was going to say maybe he, there's he one sold, more. He sold the auto parts store, and that's a big event to put on, the frog jump. Yeah. I, I participated, and I know Nolan participated in Wade. Nolan won a trophy one year. Coincidentally enough, on the menu, frog legs. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just go to the little trailer next door afterwards and get some lunch. Yeah. But they always have the fireworks still. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, remember those, like, they'd have those all-star baseball games and stuff? Yes. (laughs) Under the lights. You get to play under the lights right. if you're lucky. The older kids did. You reach the big time. Yeah, exactly. I got hit in the neck one year by a fly ball. I was playing outfield. The lights kind of 
threw me for a loop. I reach up. I'm like, I got it. And the ball hit me right in the neck. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. And, and that, that was the end of your career? That was, well, or was it was, I, you know, I, I kept kept at it for a couple of years. All right. But my last All-Star game. Okay. For sure. I think they thought better. <laughs> Throw it in! <laughs> I'm like, my neck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm bruised. I have a contusion. Oh. Uh. But so yeah. again, April no August seventh for August parade, seventh for the parade, and eighth for the actual event itself. Right. Well, so you heard it here first, listener. Be there. That <laughs> they should have some of the regular fair food, kettle corn, cotton candy, mm-hmm. lemonade's always a biggie. Right. And have you been? You see those little like cones, plastic uh, like you know saran wrap type thing. They fill them with. Like candied nuts. Mm-hmm. Now, nuts are a big thing at any carnival or fair. It or seems she, like I guess so. Yeah, roasted nuts with a little bit of something. On it yeah, it really Cinnamon takes it to another or, level. Yeah, yeah. Turkey legs at the bigger fairs. A turkey leg don't don't go into a turkey leg without expecting to get a little bit of gamey taste in that bird. You got to know what you're getting into. Have you ever eaten one of those turkey legs? Yes. They are, uh, it is a mouthful. <laughs> it's more than a mouthful. Nolan has uh, wanted to, but we never bought one. Okay. Maybe next time we're at a fair. It's not, at least the one that I had wasn't like a chicken leg. Right. It was a different experience. A little more Viking-esque. <laughs> <laughs> and then corn dogs is always good at a fair. Right. I remember buying a foot-long corn dog at the Ohio State Fair. I think maybe the only time we've taken the kids so far. I couldn't finish it. I'm like, this is a big corn dog. <laughs> a lot of batter. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get down those last few inches. and more than, like, oh. yeah. Bit off more than you could chew. Maybe I shouldn't have, shouldn't have had the funnel cake beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> Wash that down with so good. Yes. You know, there is something about that food, that smell, being in the open air that just kind of hits all the right notes. Right. You know, Um, and the fact that it's okay to make a mess while you're out there, I think, adds into the whole uh, experience and just what a great time. Like you were talking about, though, the sweet corn. I remember when... Richfield uh, Community first brought in the sweet corn, at least in my mind, when they first brought it in, it was revolutionary. Yeah. yeah. Some people didn't like it. Some people <laughs> thought it was a little too radical. But I think they tried it, and they came around. That's right. You know, other food at the fair, you know, back, way back, when it was more agrarian, now it's kind of, you know, the evolution of the fair, it was more, you know, rural in nature and agricultural in nature. And then it became more industrial. Come see the new, you know, dishwasher. Ah. You know, they'd have stuff like that on display. Or the clothes, the laundry machine. Yeah, the company saw it as an opportunity to promote their... To showcase their products. And, you know, the women would go to these exhibits and notice, you know, I can... How can I make my household chores easier? But they'd also bring their pies and desserts and breads and preserves preserves exactly Mm -hmm. so there's you know those kinds of food at the fair they get judged and you can win a blue ribbon for making the best 
apple pie or cherry pie or blueberry jam blueberry jam thank you but uh you know matt we were talking about the geauga county fair earlier a few years ago four years ago there was a a little bit of a problem at the geauga county fair oh controversy you said mystery oh you tell they walked uh, the uh the organizers walked into the you know, baked goods center, mm-hmm. and notice that there were a few things missing, and a few nibbles out of some breads and cakes. There was a baked goods bandit on the loose that left sugar dusted paw prints at the crime scene. It was a raccoon. <laughs> they put up wanted posters of the of the raccoon. You know, he had icing and stuff all over him. And uh, he became known as as the Cherokee uh, County Fair Bandit. You know, they knew it was Raccoon because of the paw prints. Mm-hmm. It was funny, last night, and I have to mention this, I was at Dean and Shelley's house for a graduation party. Fabulous party, Shelley. And we, we were out there, and along the back fence, in the middle, it was like maybe... 6 30 7 o'clock it wasn't very late there was a raccoon walking along their back fence and they're like oh that's stevie he wasn't covered in powdered sugar was he <laughs> well i don't know oh. jared county's not that far no <laughs> and we're like stevie they're like yeah he's blind he uh he we noticed him walking around he he runs into things like trees uh-uh. okay <laughs> So, uh, this raccoon is just like, you know, in the middle of the day, he's not nocturnal. He might not know what time it is if he's blind. Hmm. Dean and Shelley, that sounds uh, <laughs> like you might have a case of rabies in the neighborhood there. <laughs> you got to be careful. Sure. They were knocking down all those trees back there to build those houses. This big development in Richfield's going up. Oh, where's this? Uh, off of 303, back in Briarwood. Oh. Okay. Like they're going to put 130 houses back there. It's been a big whoop-de-doo. If you uh, you need to read the Richfield Times online, Matt. I'm going to have to. I guess it sounds like to keep up with things. Yeah. 130 homes. That's that's like tripling the population of the village, isn't it? <laughs> it depends on how many people live in each one. Okay. But if you if you get 10, okay, you're really adding a lot of stress to the school system, and they're going to probably have to build another new school. Mm. So they just built a new school. Right. And here a developer comes along and says, here's another thousand kids. Exactly. <laughs> if your math is right. <laughs> if my math is right. I could be totally off. But, uh, yeah, so the raccoon was walking around back there running into things. And I, you, you might be right. There's probably something up with this uh, little critter. Okay. It might have been the same one. Well, no. The one you whacked with the 2 by 4 for getting in your chicken coop. Oh, no, yeah, that one got that struck. One. <laughs> I, I whacked him with a with the two by four and a Buick finished him off. <laughs> well, had it coming going after your girls. That's right. Don't mess with my girls. Yeah. Anyway, that's probably about it, Matt. Unless you have something else you want to talk about uh, on fairs, everyone should you know look at their local fair schedule and go out and visit. Yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. You know, coming out of the pandemic that we have. It's a uh, it's a great way to 
get back out in there, still, still in the open, open, air, open air, yeah, and you know there's still people around. So whatever your comfort level is, you know, make make your own decisions. But it's a great way to feel connected to your community, whether it's at the county level or the just the local town fairs that are coming up, or if you're really hazarding a a, a real stab at the the experience going to a state fair. Yeah, now Ohio's state fair has been canceled what? as far as fairgoers this oh, year. Okay. They will have it's going to be more educational exhibits, you know, for the um for the display, exhibitors, sure. Displayers, whatever. Which exhibitors. is still interesting in its own right to see. Yeah, so my, you can bring your livestock, I'm assuming. Yeah, the 4H, okay. you know, will bring their stuff. My cousin Cody and, and all the kids up the road here, my, my younger cousins, you know, they were very involved in 4-H and would show their Great cattle. organization. And it was always exciting to go up there and mm-hmm. see them display those those animals. Mm-hmm. I have a friend at work who also does uh, horse shows uh, at the fair. So uh, her daughter would always, you know, have, they they take the, she'd take a week off of work for the Summit County Fair. And uh, because they have the horse up there. I never took a week off of work for the fair, but I might. Maybe this year. Maybe this if Once they hit a certain threshold of fried foods that mm-hmm. I cannot resist. If Yeah, if they put out an uh, APB for uh, Stevie, <laughs> but <laughs> to make sure there's no rabies floating around, I think I'm all about heading back to a fair. At this fair we were at in Wisconsin, they had, uh, now this is again the middle of Wisconsin, they had sushi, they had Caribbean food, (laughs) and then they had a mashup of, I'm trying to remember what it was, it was cheese curd tacos. Okay. So it's a fusion. See, it's your opportunity to bring worlds together that would not normally collide. There's those Frito pies that sound good too. Have you ever had a Frito pie? Never. It's a, a bed of Fritos. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm out already. <laughs> bed of Fritos is the bottom. Okay. The pie. Chili. Yes. And then you garnish it with, you know, whatever, tomato, sour cream, cheese. Onions. Jalapenos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, no. Matt, what are you doing now? Let's go to the fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get some grub. Let's see which county has the closest one open and head that way. It might be a short drive. It might be a long drive. It's probably one uh, open on the way back to your house. I will uh, make two phone calls. One to my wife saying I'm going to be late, and one to my cardiologist saying <laughs> get ready to get a boat payment in. <laughs> I did go to Cedar Point uh, the other day with uh, the kids. So, you know, rides at the fair. Mm-hmm. Now, Cedar Point has roller coasters. Mm-hmm. But they have some of the little, you know, spinning rides and... You know, the Himalaya, which goes around, a, actually, Super Himalaya. I apologize, Cedar Point. Super Himalaya, super speed around the track, up and down. But I did see someone with an elephant here, and I almost ran over and knocked him down to get it. But the boys didn't let me because they said we had to get up to the Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's right there. The amusement parks are essentially a, a evolution of a year-round fair right and cedar point has that uh, frontier area uh-huh. and that's where you find a lot of the fried foods okay. for some reason i think i think they might have turkey legs there 
It definitely had elephant ears because I saw it and my mouth was watering again. My mouth's been watering pretty much this whole episode on fairs because the fair food is the best food. And I can't wait for community day just because I know there, there's some fair food there, like the fried veggies. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. Come up and see me. I'll be working from like, uh, I don't know, 2 o'clock? Mm-hmm. 2 to 3.30? And if you bring a, an elephant ear? Bring me something from the booth. I'll pay you. God, I'll get you a discount. Well, I might pay you. Okay. If, if you want to treat me to an elephant ear and hear me talk about, I don't know, whatever Richfield history we're going to talk about. We're not really talking. We're just at the booth. But I'll, I'll sell you a, to a answer To answer any questions or settle arguments, legal or otherwise, <laughs> about Richfield history. Good for you, Scott. Legal or otherwise. Yeah, I'll be there from uh, oh, 2.30 to 4. I'm sorry. Don't show up too early. <laughs> but bring in the elephant ear. Bring, <laughs> bring the elephant ear. Every half hour. <laughs> bring me a Mr. Misty float type thing, the slushy with the ice cream in it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, cherry, a red or blue... I don't want like sour apple. Uh, You're a traditionalist when it comes to your right. Mr. Grape Misty's. is okay too. Oh, I'll take okay. a grape okay. slushy with vanilla soft serve in it. <laughs> That's good. All right. <laughs> all right. Anything else, Matt, that you want to share? That's all I have. All right. Well, remember, listeners, we're on Podbean, or go to Facebook and check out you know what's going on in South Richfield. Twitter at South Richfield. Mm-hmm. Be sure to give us, uh, if you would be so kind, a five-star review at right. uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Right. Uh, and it helps get the South Richfield message out there, whatever that means. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is yeah. a great place. And go to southrichfield.com. Mm-hmm. Send us an email, southrichfield at gmail.com. Because we haven't gotten any listener mail in like a, a year. Or give Scott a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll use your voicemail. Exactly. I we can do that. That's we have the technology, Matt. Let's make it happen. You know what? I think we should do um, one of these years, Matt. After we're big time. Well, maybe maybe to get us on our way. B- bigger time. Bigger time. We should get a booth at Community Day and do a live podcast all day long. Well, you're there from two thirty to four, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe we can do it afterwards. Who 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 doesn't want to talk for eight hours right. straight? And, and then maybe we can do it in the evening. It'll be a uh, South Richfield after hours. Oh, I like that South Richfield after hours at Richfield Community Fireworks plus maybe some sparks. It may get a little blue. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. Thanks for coming out. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you again later. Bye bye.